It's a brand new day, and now I feel right. It's a brand new day, and now I see the light. It's a brand new thing, brand new bird, it's a brand new wings. Think I went to church. It's a brand new day. It's a brand new day, a brand new month. Our first show in the month of May. This is episode 51 of No Brains, No Headache Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Weichel, and I'll be joined shortly with my co-host, Matt Cleary. On today's show, we had an interview with one of the owners of our favorite watering hole here in Bismarck, Stadium in the Lodge. It was Scott Woodmancy. We talked to him about how he got started with Stadium. And then we get into his interesting broadcast career. He spent time traveling with the Globetrotters, as well as worked with the Dakota Wizards. So we talked all about all that and more. Matt and I then get into Cleary's Comments, the segment where we banter about random things. Then get into our episode 6 recap of the Disney Plus series, Mighty Ducks Game Changers. And we finish it with the Olympics of Inventions. Should be an excellent show. As always, if you do like the show, tell your friends about it. Then follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at NBNH Podcast or search No Brains, No Headache Podcast to see what Matt and I are up to and stay tuned on our sports takes when we're not recording the podcast. We'd also really appreciate it if you took the time to subscribe, rate, and review on all the formats where that is possible. We always appreciate feedback, and let's get it on. Okay, let's party. No Brains, No Headache podcast is coming to you from Stadium and the Lodge. We're recording on-site at our favorite bar, and we're here with one of the owners, Scott Woodmancy. Woody, thank you for having us at your bar here. Hey, fellas. Thanks for coming up, and thanks for having me. Yeah, we'd love to come to our favorite bar, Stadium of the Lodge, located up here, North Bismarck. I mean, you, you sponsored our softball team back in the day, and we've been good patrons ever since we turned 21. So thanks again for letting us come here. You're part owner of the Stadium and the Lodge. So I guess I'd just like to hear about the inception of the stadium and the lodge and how you got involved. Uh, well, I think, you know, I think a couple things, you know, you go back to, you know, what this place originally used to be. And, and uh, for those, uh, you know, folks, I don't know what, what, what age group you guys lie in, but the tropical, this used to be the tropical island. And uh, from there, it uh, uh, some people came in and and developed uh, the stadium side of things uh, once the tropical island went away. And uh, after that, um, you know, went back and forth and and uh, Sammy's Pizza actually, you know, was on the lodge side, uh, you know. So, um, and back in the day, it was really kind of a uh, convenient combination because that, if you may or may not know that back in, Oh, I don't even remember what 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 it was when they got rid of it, but you know when you could still smoke in bars. So okay. basically, you had the stadium side, which was a, you know, you could smoke in there. And when the lodge side developed, um, uh, it, it was a non-smoking side. And you know, the lodge side was kind of developed more of the, uh, you know, I don't know if you want to call it the older crowd or just kind of more of a laid-back side, where the stadium side is. I'm sure you guys very well know. Um, <laughs> At the time that you've logged, the minutes you've logged <laughs> there, that that uh, that uh, it can get pretty crazy over there, and you know some people just don't like that atmosphere. Um, and then uh, the folks actually that started the stadium, you know, sold it out, and uh, another another guy bought it, uh, Gary Schumacher. And uh, you know, at the time, I was you know I had, was talking with Gary, and and then about uh, uh, getting involved somehow. Um, as you know, my dad, you know, he's obviously uh, a bar owner in town as well too, and and uh, had uh, 
was a one or a previous owner of the, uh, the Peacock Alley and and so at that time fast forward you know then Gary uh, the ownership group we have you know came to Gary and and uh, you know Tracy Scott and Eddie Dressler you know really kind of and Mike and Mike Stumpf uh, peanuts we'll call them we'll just go with peanuts <laughs> kind of led the charge and and uh, fortunately uh, you know at the time I talked with Gary they had asked me if I want to be a part of it and uh, so I was able to become a part of it about 11 years ago and uh, you know ever since then it's 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 been a hell of a ride I mean it's been a lot of fun and good group of guys and and uh, so here we are today and and uh, we're you know hopefully things are things are starting to pick up again after what we went through for the last year and a half yeah absolutely I didn't know that about stadium in the lodge that I guess it used to be the smoking side and non-smoking side because when Matt and I turned 21 there was no smoking in the yeah, bars at the time. Yeah, exactly. There, there wasn't, and, and, you know, for a while it was kind of the, you know, that's kind of how the kitchen developed is, is you know, Sammy's Pizza was in here, and Sammy's Pizza is very popular in Minot, uh, and, and a very good pizza, and, and uh, somehow the, 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 the first owners came with a, a partnership of that, and, and then, of course, they had the kitchen and, you know, the, the big pizza ovens and all that stuff in there, and then that kind of developed, and then Sammy's just – uh, you know what? What the reason is? I don't know. They just decided to uh, go away, and and then uh, I think the uh, uh, the idea came up. You know, let's develop this side and make it. You know, and call it the lodge side. So uh, that's kind of really how the whole thing uh, kind of developed here uh, up in North Bismarck. Uh, growing up, every kid says they want to be a doctor, astronaut. Then you kind of jump to that stage where everyone wants to open a bar. Every college kid <laughs> in the world wants to open a bar. Was that you? No, no, smart one that came into it later in life. No, it, it, it wasn't, and and uh, you know, I, I be honest with you, I, I never really dawned on me. Uh, you know, my dad was, uh, um, you know, when he got into the Peacock Alley, and at the time, you know, I had some partnership in that, and then got out of it, and it really just kind of went away, and uh, uh, and I can't really even tell you what it was that why I wanted to get involved up here you know I I, I don't know why and and uh and it, it just kind of happened and and uh and, and I think the group that we've developed is uh I mean it's a great group of guys it's a mix of a, you know some some older guys some younger guys and and uh and and really it's it's just and it's just a overall fun you know group of guys you know everybody asks me to say well how many people own this place and you, you know say eight you know nine and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not even sure what the number is now. I mean, where, <laughs> but they're like, "Wow!" I'm like, "Yeah, you know what? You say wow, but it, it's it's it, it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's a it's it, it's a good group, and and uh, you know, we got good staff and great management, and and uh, it's really a lot of fun. Well, the more the merrier, and I think you landed in a gold mine because I love this place. The I've had a great time here, 99.99 percent of the time. And whether it's the lodge side or the stadium side, you're going to enjoy your time here. Yeah, you know, and I think when you you know when you talk about that is is you know when is in answer to your question about growing up, you want to start a bar. Well, you know what? Yeah, it's not easy, and 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 it takes a it, it takes the right people, it takes the the uh, the right staff. Um, you know, I think when you know when you look at and I'll you know when you look at Danny, you know Danny and. When this place opened, Danny started working here, and she was working here, and and uh, you know she became the manager, and and uh, and certainly, you know, finally 
was able to to get in as, as a partner a little bit too. So, I you know I, I think that's the big thing. I mean, and you and you've got to take care of your staff, but I think it all starts with who you have running this place. And so you know, my hats off go to what Danny's done. Yeah, Danny's awesome. She helped us line up this interview and let us come up here and record yeah. on site at Absolutely. stadium. So. This is awesome. What are some of the weekly events or specials that you offer to patrons of Stadium in the Lodge, like such as like trivia or live music? Well, you know, we <laughs> obviously, you know, that the well, I'll, I'll start with the trivia because that's what I have the most knowledge of. Is is uh, you know back when 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 the stadium side was open and this lodge side wasn't, um, I was asked by that ownership group if I wanted to do trivia on Saturdays. And I, of course, you know me, not having enough to do in my own life, you know, <laughs> sure, why not? Well, I started doing that, and you know, I probably would have bet you my house and my car uh, that, as we sit here today, uh, that I wouldn't have said that, you know, back when I started doing it. And you know, I just think the way that that uh, uh, the way that I do it, and and the way that. You know, people got accustomed to doing it. I mean, that's what attracted people. And, and now you look at in today's society, in today's world, is that, you know, now you've got all these different trivia places, and now it's it's starting to starting to pick up. I mean, that was something that was never going on, you know, back 10 years ago, 11, 12 years ago. I mean, even further than that. I'll go back to 15 years ago. Um, but it's starting to pick up a little bit more. But, you know, I try to do it a little differently than than, than most do. And uh, so, you know, it, it's been good. Obviously, the pandemic hurt a little bit, but uh, we'll, we'll fire it up again uh, coming up this fall, and we'll see what happens. And, you know, as far as the specials are concerned, you know, I, I, I don't have a lot of, a, of, of the hands-on, you know, like Danny does. Um, but, you know, there's, you know, you get uh, dollar-off sandwiches, two-for-one burgers, um, happy hour, I, I mean, every day. So, I mean, there's always – uh, she's always got s- specials going on up here, and, and uh, you know we try to be as active as, as we possibly can. All right, since we're on the subject of the menu, i got to ask you quickly, what's your favorite entree to have? Oh, man. Let's go around and tell our, wow. all of our favorites. Well, I, I religiously get the club, so I'm going to stick with that. <laughs> Walleye sandwich, if it's during Lent. I mean, the pizzas are pretty dynamite too. Oh, yeah, but there's the, the there's the uh, poor boy Philly that's that's really good too. That's got the shrimp and the sausage in it that okay. I really yeah, that I really. But I, I I tell you what I I you know and and, and I I don't say this, um, but I I haven't had anything a bad thing up here. I mean it, it it's you know the food's good and I think that it's a testament to what the guys in the kitchen are doing and. And uh, you know those are the guys that really I mean they're kind of I mean they're kind of the engine and and I think you can see that when you come up here for lunch and 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 people come in here they because they and, and people tell me they say hey you know we're at the lodge you know love the food hey love the pizza you know love the you know had the chicken quesadilla best quesadillas in town and you're kind of going really <laughs> and, and yeah I mean you know so I mean by no means am I a connoisseur of quesadillas <laughs> but uh, that's how we but, feel when people compliment our podcast we're like really yeah. <laughs> so so yeah so no that's I mean that's that's really I mean and that and that, that really helps and and so it's it's been uh, it's been good in that aspect and as someone that loves sports and as a business owner we went through still going through a global pandemic what was your oh crap moment of last year when things were starting to get shut down when did when did it really hit for well, you? i think when governor brigham came out and said that 
we're shutting everything down. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I think from a perspective of, um, I, I think overall that, that we figured as a group that, you know, we as, you know, I mean, we're, we're going to be okay, but it was just more the staff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, it's, I mean, like I said, we've got great staff up here. Um, you know, I mean, we've got staff up here that have been here in a, a long time and it's kind of like, boy, you know, what are they going to do now? And are we going to get them back? And I, I think the big thing was when it happened was, is that, you know, Hey, when this thing goes by and everything's opened up, you know, we'll be back. And, and I think that's, that's really kind of encouraging and refreshing uh, to know, saying, okay, well, hey, you know, not our choice. This is what we're mandated to do, but you know, let's get through it. And, and uh, when we get her back up and going, we'll, we'll go from there. And, and I think a lot of that, you know, when we, did, when we had to shut down, um, you know, they were having able to serve food, um, you know, they were uh, kudos. And this is where Danny and, and, and her staff went into full gear and said, okay, well, we're going to do, you know, this curbside service. And boy, I'll tell you what, they did a hell of a job. I mean, it was unbelievable. So, so that, that, that really probably was the time where he just said, that's it. And I think it's a testament to the city of Bismarck, how people that even weren't in the industry were getting behind the restaurants and the bars and they were going to them. Yeah, I, I think it was. I, I think it was, you know, we've seen nationwide, you know, what it's done to, to a lot of a, a lot of these bars are in restaurants nationwide. And I think that, you know, having grown up in this community and lived in this community my whole life, I think it's a true testament to uh, the community of, of uh, the communities of Bismarck and Mandan uh, of going out and supporting, you know, those local restaurants slash bars or you know whatever and when i say bars i say you know bars that were able to serve food um you know some of them weren't i mean there's some places are just what well, we shut the door that's it until we get told again so but yeah it's a true testament to the community of bismarck Manon as well yeah and- one, one thing i just wanted to say is like obviously we have listeners outside of bismarck and Mandan, so we always try to make the point when we help promote for small businesses like hey if you're not in bismarck Mandan, you're located elsewhere should still go support your local businesses and i mean so anybody out there outside of bismarck and mandan if you can't come to the stadium in the lodge still support local because i need it yeah i i think you're right and you know i think that uh you know you look at some of the places you know around town and and uh you know the new restaurant that opened up down on, on main street you know jimmy v's i mean um you know those are two guys that that uh you know two of the owners of that group you know I mean, hell, hell, one of those guys was our manager. And one of those guys was, was a bartender here for a long time. And, um, you know, I try to go and support those guys and, and certainly hope that, that, uh, that they're able to make it. And I think they're doing so good so far. But, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, you know, that, 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 that's kind of what I, 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 I try to do that. And, and, uh, and I know they appreciate it. But, uh, you know, th- those guys put in some, some uh, long hours for us. So You're drinking a beer. What what's your beer choice? What's your cocktail choice here? Well, I'll tell you, I I'm uh, <laughs> you know at, at, at my age, uh, I I do uh, my damnedest to stay away from the cocktails. Um, uh, it, it's it's just <laughs> I so, think for any age that is great well, and, and, and I, and, 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 well, I think you could make the comment is that you should stay away. And when you say cocktails, I'm guessing that includes shots. Um, 
maybe or maybe not. Open for interpretation. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's what I thought. Uh, so <laughs> I stay away from that. I stick to my Mick Ultra, and uh, uh, you know, in several different ways, whether it's out of the tap, whether it's out of the aluminum or whatever. But uh, I stay with that. I stay safe with that. And uh, uh, it, it once once in a while, you may see me uh, not by choice, you know, by saying, "Well, hey, what are you going to have a shot?" Right? <laughs> okay. Well. <laughs> You talked but, me into it. You talked me into it, but uh, very rarely. But I, I like to stick with the Mick Ultra. Hey, good choice. Matt and I are drinking Bush Light, so we can't. And, really. and you know what? <laughs> I, I tell you what, that's a good go-to as well. I'm not opposed to a good Bush Latte. Uh, you know, so that, that that's a good choice as well. So uh, Mick Ultra, Bush Light, uh, that, that that those are kind of a couple of good go-tos. You guys have that, excellent tap beer. <laughs> yeah, I've been drinking it for so long. Well seven years and i think if i switched it up now the body would just be shocked well yeah i mean it it does you know i I was one of those guys that uh you know obviously you know when i was your age which guys' age which is a long time ago you know you kind of come out and you know back when i was uh going through uh uh, high school and college you know i i I worked part-time at mcquay distributing so that kind of got me into the bud light stage of things and (laughs) So I went through that stage, and then you know they came out with the Bud Select, and I thought, oh boy, that's really cool. And and uh, you know you got the Bud Select, and and there was always a standing joke that myself and another guy, I mean, you know, must have been at the lodge this week because they were out of Bud Select. Uh, so uh, so I went through that stage, and then and then you get into the Mick Ultra, and and that's kind of where we're at right now. So working at a distributing company, I've had roommates, friends that have. Is the breakage room a thing? It sure is. It, it, the, the breakage, uh, the breakage area is 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 a thing. Uh, the 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 lounge in, in the back after work is a thing. So anything you've heard about that, that is all one hundred percent true. I, I've had roommates that would get off work at five and would come home at eleven. So, <laughs> or or I would get a call. Okay, hey, can you come pick me up from work? Yeah, been been there, done that. Yeah, been there, done that. Love that, it. That, that's all true. Absolutely love yeah. it. Well, if you're thirsty enough, head on down to Stadium and Lodge, try out a Bush Light on tap, a Mick Ultra on tap, or the 28 other beers they have on tap. Try out some excellent food. The shift gear is a little bit woody. You have a great radio voice. Did you get recruited to the broadcast industry because of your excellent radio voice? No. Um, actually, uh, how I got into it uh, was uh, my father uh, for... Um, you know, a number of years, um, how he got into it, I, I guess I'm not sure. Uh, he spent some time on, uh, did some TV work, and then he got into the radio side of things. And uh, really, for me, it was uh, just, you know, really following her around and going to tournaments and, and, and you know, just kind of being there and seeing what they do. And, and, uh, and finally, one day, you know, he just said, hey, you know, you want to do the second half of this game? And I'm my eyes kind of went, oh boy, now what? You know, so, um, and the first few broadcasts I did were awful. Um, they, they were terrible. And, uh, but uh, I, I liked it. And, and I think that, uh, you know, I think what he did was, uh, I think of what it is, it's kind of a way to stay connected to um, the high school community, you know, when not, you know, when you don't have any kids that are in the sports. And I think it's something that um, I, I learned it. I mean, I didn't go to – I know nowadays that, they're, you know, you, you look at guys that are on ESPN or guys that are on 
uh, Fox Sports or whatever, and some guys did, some guys didn't. Uh, you can go to school for it. I never did. I just picked it, learned it, picked it up, and 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 went with it. And uh, yeah, it's 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 it, it's it's been it's been a lot of fun. And I mean, it's been a lot of years, and and but but still enjoy doing it. On the local level, what what are you doing as as for broadcasting? Um, we actually um, uh, we we've covered uh, um, high school on the local level. We cover high school basketball, and high school football. Um, that that's really kind of our main focus you know throughout the year um you know it, it's not that, that 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 we don't want to cover any other sports it's just kind of you know that's you know that, that that's really just kind of always been the focus you know of the station that we work for and um uh, uh, you know the the hockey side of things you know i mean i you know i've never done a hockey game i'm not saying that i wouldn't uh, but i've always said you know you give me an hour and a half with mitch vig and mike peluso well then i'll give it a run um, but yeah, that, that's, that's really kind of where we focused. I mean, we, I've done some college stuff, some Mary stuff. Um, um, but yeah, really that's, that, that's kind of where we focus our area during, uh, uh, you know, during the fall and winter seasons. And then off air, you, you were kind of getting into it and we were like, okay, save it a little bit. But you said you worked for our local Dakota wizards and the globe trotters. Can you get into that a little bit? Well, yeah. I mean, I, how much time we got? I mean, <laughs> but uh, you know, really, it was kind of a uh, situation with the Wizards. Uh, Dave Yeager, uh, who is now the uh, assistant coach uh, uh, for the Philadelphia 76ers, uh, former head coach of the Memphis Grizzlies and Sacramento Kings, uh, came to me one day and asked if I'd be interested in doing the PA. And I said, Yeah, sure. I mean, why not? And so I started doing it. And and, uh, um, you know, I was not full-time, I was not a full-time employee at the time of the Wizards, but, you know, it was just something to do. And so I did that and, and uh, had a blast. I mean, boy, I tell you what, it was just, it was, it was a lot of fun and didn't know if I'd have a lot of fun doing it when I started doing it. And I'm like, sure. And uh, so that kind of led into uh, having done that, um, you know, this is back. I mean, this is this is this is back about twenty years ago. Um, you know, one afternoon, um, I was sitting up in the Wizards' office uh, with the guy that was the general manager at the time, and there was these websites that you can go to um, that list sports jobs. And we were looking and looking, and came across that, that there was a, a PA position open for the Harlem Globetrotters, and I'm like. He's like, oh, you should apply for it. You should apply for it. And I'm like, oh, come on. You know, there's there's no way. I mean, you think they're going to take a fat white kid from North Dakota? <laughs> I mean, it, whatever. So I, I I thought, okay, what the heck? What do I got to lose? And so I I sent in um, – they, they wanted a couple tapes. We had a couple games coming up that weekend. Sent in a couple tapes. And, uh, and then it was a Monday. Uh, I got a phone call. Um, and it was a guy from the Globetrotters. And uh, he said, hey, you know, we've narrowed this down to like five and you're one of the five. Okay, great. And uh, we're going to, you know, we'll get back to you later today. And he calls me back. He says, uh, I want to offer you the job. This is Monday. He said, I need to have you in Oklahoma City on Wednesday. I'm like, okay, like this Wednesday? <laughs> He's like, like in 48 hours. He's like, yeah, this Wednesday. I said, well, let me, I got to 
figure some stuff out here and uh and and so i went and you know visit with my dad at the time and and i wasn't married at the time and and uh we figured things out and next day i had my uh fedex showed up tuesday i had my contract signed it sent it back and i was on a plane to oklahoma city wednesday morning and uh then after that it was a you know after a run of about 27 countries and and uh, all over you know you know 49 states um yeah it was in and it was the at that time for me it was uh it it was really the best thing that ever happened to me and it was one hell of a lot of fun i mean it was it was it was just it was great it was got to i mean hell i was in place i never knew existed you know (laughs) yeah you know you, you, you you look you go uh, you know, we toured with the, with the, with the Navy, and uh, next thing you know, you're sitting on the USS Theodore Roosevelt in the middle of the Persian Gulf doing a uh, Harlem Globetrotter game. Kind of going, what? You know? So it was really kind of a, it was a reality check, and it was a, but it was it was one hell of a ride, and I I wouldn't I wouldn't give it up, you know, for anything. And and some of those guys to this day, you know, are my buddies. I mean, the guy that hired me, Jeff Munn. I mean, he was the voice of. Uh, the Diamondbacks, the Phoenix Suns, and and uh, great, great guy, and and it was a lot of fun. I don't know why my brain went here, but what state did you not go to? You Alaska. Said, Alaska. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, my, I was thinking New, like New Hampshire, Vermont. No, maybe, it was it, it was Alaska, and and, and actually, uh, when I, uh, you know, and, and I kind of regret. This is the one thing I regret about the whole thing was that. Um, you know, when I resigned, I had come back, you know, and, and we can get into that. But uh, um, I was actually on a tour the following week to go to Greece for a week. And I didn't get, you know, but, but you know, I was in a lot of, a lot of pretty cool places. So, but it, 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 it's, the, the timing was right. And I just needed to be done because, you know, that, it's just, it's, let's just say it's not really conducive to having a girlfriend slash wife or whatever it's not it's not a conducive job but uh it was one hell of a lot of fun yeah how'd you find the energy to keep up with these guys and the theatrics going on in front of you well you you know i mean it was you know everything was scripted obviously and you had a script in front of you and and i was uh um you know i actually i was the you know i was doing not only i was the pa but i was you know running the music and you know i was in charge of the showman's microphone and uh, it just a lot of things and i didn't have a i had i didn't have a lot of experience in electronics you know i had some <laughs> you know but i'm just you know and we had a producer that was with us it helped and stuff like that but yeah in the, in the first show that i did because when i went out there they actually had the guy that was the pa guy had actually quit so they had a backup guy who was actually the uh, pa voice of the lakers and uh, so I watched him do a few shows, and the first show that I did was in Texarkana, Arkansas. And uh, we had a guy, um, we had two showmen at the time. It was Paul Showtime Gaffney and Matt Showbiz Jackson. And I made the mistake of calling um, Showtime Showbiz. Oh, boy. Yeah, and I heard about it. That was the last <laughs> time I made that mistake because <laughs> they let you know about that. Yeah, it's, well, as a fan of the Washington Generals, the team that the Globetrotters just beat the brakes off every single time, it's 
it's tough to see someone that worked for the Globetrotters, but we still have our hats on that 1971 accidental victory. So. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, though. I, I, I can tell you this is, is that you'd be surprised is, is that some of the times when, um, you know, they would get into playing actual basketball, um, you know, there were some, there were some pretty good athletes that, that were playing with those guys. And, you know, they, I mean, when they were practicing, they'd actually beat them. I mean, and I, you know, I saw it and, but yeah, those guys were, and those guys, you know, you, you know great guys. I mean, just, you know, a bunch of guys that, Coming out of an NAI school, Division Two school, Division Three school, that hey, you know what? Let's go see the let's go see the United States or the world for a summer. Okay, that's what they did. Yeah, it was, it was a, great. The greatest gap year in the history. Yeah, you just get to travel, play basketball, get paid. Yeah, see exactly. Everything. Exactly. Why not? No, it was it was it was a lot of fun. Wasn't there a kid from you, Mary, who made the Globetrotters recently in the yeah. last five years? Devin, oh, uh, Devin, uh, Devin, Devin Douglas. Oh, yep. Devin Douglas, uh, I, I, I don't know if he's still there or not. I'm not sure. But, yes, he did. That's awesome. He came right out of, uh, out of you, Mary, and Globetrotters liked him. And, uh, obviously, he was, you know, he was classified as a dunker. Um, but, uh, but, you know, back when I was doing it, um, you know, the, the, the Globetrotters have, have changed a lot. I mean, when I was doing it, Manny Jackson was the owner. And Manny Jackson thought that, you know, he was, you know, that, that he could play competitive basketball. So they played more competitive basketball when I was there than they did, than they do now. I mean, it's, when I was there, it was probably, gosh, I'd say 60% show and 40% basketball. It's now about 95% show and 5% basketball, basically is what it was. So, but uh, it, it's changed and, and, uh, and that was expected. Is basketball your favorite sport to call, or do you have a favorite? Yeah, I do. Um, you know, I, 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 I like basketball. You know, I, I do a lot of football games, and, and, and uh, you know, the two guys that I work with, uh, Todd Domries and Chuck Claremont, uh, you know, those guys played football. I didn't play football. And, uh, you know, I'm a terrible, terrible color guy in football. Terrible. I just don't <laughs> know the game. I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't I, you know, I don't know it from, you know, they both played football, and, and uh, uh, I, I, I'm more of a basketball guy just because, you know, after the Globetrotters, it came back and, you know, went to work for the Dakota Wizards full time in, in a number of different roles. And so, and, and, and believe it or not, a lot of the guys that, that, I, that I toured with, with the Globetrotters at the time, you know, the, the, the D-League was just evolving. And, and all of a sudden, you know, some of these guys I'd see come floating through, you know, that, that now they got in the D-League and whatever. So... That was really cool, and, and I've always said that, you know, basketball is as global as it is. You know, it's about as big of a, you know, eight-inch circle. It's, 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 it's so small. I just, I just, a name just came to my head. Do you remember when Hashim Thabit played for the Wizards? <laughs> I, I remember Hashim Thabit very well, and actually Hashim Thabit, I can tell you this, bought me a shot of great, or a, a, a shot of Grey Goose at Buffalo Wild Wings when Hashim was here. Hashim the beat, Grey Goose, Buffalo Wild Things. A lot to unpack that, yeah, right that, there. That's the best story we've had yep. on the podcast. Yet. Yep. Also, I remember Taylor Griffin, Blake Griffin's brother. Came Great through, guy. Yeah, came through town. I heard a lot of people actually had like conversations with him. I had a friend that used to be Donkey, the mascot. Mm -hmm. And he was, yeah, it, Taylor Griffin was an awesome guy. But 
it was just kind of funny because he looks exactly like Blake Griffin. Yeah, I mean, you know, that was back. But, you know, if you go back, I mean, you know, if you follow basketball and, and you follow at the college level, I mean, when you go back and you look at the guys that have come through Bismarck, that have spent time in Bismarck, and I'll use Chris Porter. On, he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. I'll use Miles Simon, University of Arizona, Wayne Turner. Um, I mean, just the guys, you know, you talk about Hashim to beat. Um, you know, we had a guy that, that, that uh, came in that uh, was really one of the toughest guys. He comes in, Martinez Andruskovicius was his name. He was a draft pick of the Chicago Bulls and, you know, a, a, a good guy. But just the, the, the guys that have come through here and that have played basketball here and, and you know, you talk to, uh, you know, everybody, it's like, well, you know, where the hell am I going? Bismarck, North Dakota, where the hell is that at? You know, they come in here, they get off the plane in November, and it's, you know, at that time, hell, it might be 20 below zero. And they're going, oh, boy, you know. But what it did was is that the time that they spent here because the community was so good and, and they took all these guys in and they loved it here. And, and uh, a lot of those guys, I mean, if you, you know, you go to any of those guys this day, they'll, I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll talk fondly of, of, of their days here with the Dakota Wizards and, and, and Bismarck, North Dakota. I wish the Wizards were still a thing. Now I miss the Wizards. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things that I'm like, well, would it still be a thing? Would it survive here if it was still? You know, when they were at the end and, and, and the Golden State Warriors came in and bought them, um, you know, and and uh, I, I know that, you know, I got to know the family very good, the Lakeups, Joe and Kirk Lakeup. Uh, got a relationship with Kirk Lakeup. Um, had the opportunity to drive Jerry West around town to, to TV and TV interviews. I kind of knew the writing was on the wall just for the simple fact that, you know, you've got a team out in, you know, Golden State Warriors out in California and they're buying a team in North Dakota. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it just, you know, and, and but nonetheless, a great organization. Um, I, I got an opportunity to go out. Uh, Kevin Dana, uh, who's now the radio voice uh, for the uh, Santa Cruz Warriors. Um, I had an opportunity, you know, the year after that to go out to Santa Cruz and work a game with him. Um, but I think, you know, you talk to anybody in that organization, and I think that they'll tell you that, you know, that whole thing started back here in Bismarck, North Dakota. Including Kevin Dana. The the last thing we wanted to talk about was your sports fandom. Who are your professional sports teams? Well, you know, and then hold us against me, fellas. But uh, we will. I'm sure you will. <laughs> um, having grown up here my whole life, you know, I, I obviously the Vikings and the Twins. As you both, yep. Yeah, I'm a Vikings yeah. fan, but I will hold the Twins against you. Yep, that, that's <laughs> fine. So that 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 that's kind of where you. Um, you know, you, you kind of developed that and, and, uh, Timberwolves, you know, when KG was there and, and yeah, so you yeah, kind of yeah. just developed that, you know, I, I, I the, you kind of developed that, uh, let's just say that Midwest attitude, you become fans of them. So I've always followed them, obviously, you know, I, I look at it and, you know, if, if I'm a fan of, you know, when you look at Carson Wentz where he goes to the Eagles, Hey, you know what, am I going to sit in my, t- in my living room and watch the Eagles game. No, I hope he does well, but yeah, that's, that's kind of where I lie. You, you know, should have watched our T-ball team. Yeah. I'm Us glad you brought Carson up. Carson Wentz just 
<laughs> I'm glad you brought him Let's up. Just say my on base percentage was off the charts. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I'm I'm uh, you know I'm in hockey. I don't I don't I, I like to watch hockey um, a little bit. I'm not a, I'm a big fan of it. it. I mean I don't you know whoever, but uh, um, but you know I just I kind of I, I like all sports. Follow them. But, uh, you know, basketball probably stands out, and then I guess probably baseball and football. So you like basketball, college basketball. you got to have a team. You know, college basketball, I can tell you back in the day, um, you know, I was a big – because I had a chance to uh, – he actually – I thought I was going to have a chance to meet him, but he actually stiffed me at the Final Four was uh, Jerry Tarkani and the Shark of the Running Rebels, UNLV. So I was kind of a big fan of the Running Rebels back in the day. You know, I, I, I don't I don't really have that one standout college basketball team. You know, I'm not gonna bleed Duke. I'm not gonna bleed Carolina like. Yeah, who most would guys bleed do. Duke? Well, Duke? I'm guessing that's Duke, you. Yeah, Duke would be a good, good Duke would be a good choice. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's kinda of what I just figured. Hope you're trained to that. You know. Um, but uh no, I just I, I, I I'm I'm I don't have that one team where I've gotta watch them. You know, I've know a lot of guys that you know our former general manager wizard he's a jayhawk you know i go in the office and it was always rock chalk jayhawks yeah who would say rock chalk jayhawks? <laughs> you do almost daily it's, <laughs> that's my team it's exhausting yeah. so so yeah but uh no i was i was a i was a big unlv guy back in the day so that's a sweet pick you should have done what i did with the timberwolves i was just a kevin garnett fan so then when he moved to the celtics slash nets towards the end of his career I was also a Celtics fan, and then I've been a free agent ever since KG retired. So well, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah, yeah. No, I I, I like that. That's a that's, that's a good way to that's a good way to put it. I'm flip flopping between the Bulls and the Jazz. I just I can't pull the trigger on one of them. But uh, the, I don't. NBA, the NBA is just a tough watch sometimes, and playoffs can be okay, but other than that, it's... yeah. I mean, you know, I I don't you know again I can't really tell you other than. The last time that I really sat down and watched a solid four quarters of NBA basketball, and you know the, uh, I, I mean the one thing I will tell you is is that I have found myself, you know, when it comes on, is a lot of sometimes when they when the it's now called the G League, not the D League, because Gatorade put a bunch of money into it, but I've actually sat down and watched some of these G League games that that they have on TV. You know, you watch that, and and even back when it was the D League when I was around it. It'll tell you how damn good you got to be to play at that level. I mean, because there is a lot of good basketball players. I mean, we had a guy here, Kevin Rice. I mean, Kevin Rice oh, is about. That's his name. Kevin Rice is probably, I'm going to say, probably two inches away from playing in the NBA. He just wasn't big enough. Yeah, I, I just, I, I think that's a fun watch, you know, and maybe it's because I've got a passion for it because I had a chance to cover it for so many years. But uh, no, it's really it's uh, it's the G League's a lot of fun to watch. Well, I'm missing the Wizards, so I know Matt and I are going to go check out some Bismarck Bucks games. I don't know if we can even yeah, if I, they I, even I, sniff the Wizards in awesomeness. But well, I, and I think you know what, and 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 it's funny you bring that up because you know actually I had a you know we did some radio coverage back in the day when they were the Blaze, uh, and and I, I think that. I've done some PA games for the Bucks, and and I really think that right now, um, I, I, I is it fair to say that maybe the year off for them was good because I think a lot of good things have developed. Um, you know, I know their head coach very well. 
Um, and, and, and I think people are going to be surprised. I, I, I think, but it's that, it's that, it's that they've got to get people over that stigma that people thought of back, you know, when it was the Blaze, and I can't remember what the other name the was. Rough Riders. The Rough Riders. You know, I mean, you got to get over that. And, and I think what they've got going now with the league they're in, you know, where the indoor game has gone as far as leagues, you know, back then there probably was three different leagues. Now there's really this league right now that they're in. Yeah. I think people are going to, I think people are going to take it. I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And of course, you know, when you win, that always helps. And, you know, they go on the road and win their first game. I mean, couldn't be off to a better start. I, I didn't even know that. So, uh, yeah, oh, <laughs> they Green won, Bay. They won by six points. Yeah. Well, See, I have see, some. I'll tell you how subliminally I just kind of follow stuff. You know? I, I have some homework to do on the Bismarck Bucks because <laughs> we're supposed to be really good fans. But, Woody, yeah. this was awesome. I've learned a lot about the Globetrotters and more about you. So thanks for coming on and joining us. Yeah, absolutely, guys. I think it's I think this is awesome stuff, and and uh, you know appreciate you guys coming up here, and thanks for the plug that you guys give us, and and uh, you know if there's anything that we can do for you guys, I mean we'll certainly do what we can. I have a pretty hefty tab going downstairs. If you want to pick that up, <laughs> well, we'll talk about that. <laughs> we can talk about that, but no, I mean keep up the great work you're doing, and and uh, it's awesome, and and uh, yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah, check out Stadium and Lodge on Facebook and Instagram at Stadium Lodge. Thanks, Woody. You got it, boys. Big thank you to Stadium and the Lodge for having us for that interview with Woody. I thought it went really well. Very interesting guy. So everybody go check out Stadium and the Lodge. I'm now joined with my co-host, Matt Cleary, inventor of Cleary's Comments. We're back in the dugout studio. What do you got for me? Well, this week, um, I wanted to stay on the subject of food and restaurants for a little bit here because we had food at the stadium and it was absolutely delicious. Yeah, I'll tell you it. where I had food and it absolutely sucked was Applebee's. was not my choice. I got car side to go, wanted to have a little supper with my mom, and it was possibly the worst food I've ever had. You weren't eating good in the neighborhood, so to speak. Honestly, I will never go back to Applebee's again. Is that a promise? Yes, unless something happens, but I'm not going to pick Applebee's to go to. Do you go back to Applebee's or do I go to Kobe's first? I think you go to Kobe's first. Yeah, I'm probably going to fold like a lawn chair and I'm just craving a King Crab Crunch and hopefully they have it available. They're like, this guy's back. I'm sorry to hear that your Applebee's experience wasn't A+, five-star. Uh, spectacular uh, i was just straight like it was like fried chicken like nuggets that they put a shitload of salt on and like hot teriyaki sauce which was terrible and the rice was like pre-made rice that was just i couldn't even eat and then my mom got alfredo noodles which i just decided to eat and they looked like they had been sitting in water for like two days because they just got huge and soggy and the chicken was just gross and also, Applebee's does those drink specials where they make, like, it's like $1 Long Islands for the month of May, and they make them in a five-gallon bucket behind the bar, like, in the janitor's closet. I mean, we got to respect the jungle juice approach, you know, the riot punch approach. However, I'm going to go ahead and say this right now. I don't know if this is popular or unpopular. I don't care. I don't like Long Island iced teas. They're terrible. They suck. Too sweet. They're terrible. They give you gut rot, which was because they're too sweet, so you're exactly correct in saying that. 
and then staying on restaurants. I don't know if you saw, but Adam Sandler was denied at IHOP. He went in there, and the lady told him it would be a 30-minute wait, and everyone just got furious at this hostess. What is she supposed to do? Like, excuse me, Adam Sandler's here. You guys have to leave. Like, and everyone's mad at this girl for not giving Adam Sandler a spot. Well, maybe don't make shitty movies in the last five years. Maybe that would do it. But everyone's up in arms that they didn't give Adam Sandler a spot. Like, they're not going to kick people out that are at the restaurant paying. And if they did that, I think people would be even more mad. Yeah, that's a tough spot, but I'm going to go ahead and side with this hostess. Matter of fact, we should call for her to get a raise slash promotion for standing her ground and representing IHOP properly. What is she supposed to do? You're right. In, in Adam Sandler sucks at making movies in the last decade plus. She can't help it. If this was 1998 and Adam Sandler came in, by all means, hook him up with a goddamn table, kick some people out of the restaurant. This is 2021. Jack and Jill was absolutely terrible. Grown Ups was okay at best, and that was his best movie in the last 15 to 20 years. Uncut, Uncut Gems was okay, but it wasn't typical Sandler. That one, wasn't that a, uh, like, independently uh, produced and yeah, stuff? Yeah, it was, it was, I think, a Netflix movie, if I'm... And I think Kevin Garnett was not only in it, but he helped, uh, like, fund it and produce it. So, yeah, that was kind of a different... We're talking about, like, blockbuster studio films, Adam Sandler, yeah. that are supposed to be Happy, comedies. Happy Madison Productions. There you go. There you go. Absolutely. Uncut Gems was a little bit different, and I did like Uncut Gems. I will say that. And in a classic 2021 fashion, she blew up on TikTok because of this, so she, oh, might, she okay. might as well have just quit and become an influencer. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> She's probably in L.A. because that's where Adam Sandler is. She made a TikTok of herself crying, got, like millions of views millions of likes she probably just quit her job and sponsored by bang energy now that is an excellent sponsor to have uh if you don't have fake tits they will buy them for you so if that's your end goal uh bang energy that's the way to go uh we're talking about restaurants we got applebee's here with some terrible food it sounds like we got adam sandler here at ihop uh, I got a little story for us, and this is a Cleary's Comments slash Criminal of the Week crossover. Uh, the story reads, Funky pickles seized after customs agents discover 4 million in methamphetamine stashed inside. So, Matt, you know how we're talking about breakfast food constantly being like a place to keep cocaine and drugs? Well, maybe this same drug dealer is in charge of these funky pickles after they discovered millions of dollars of meth. Um, basically, the officers just found it at the border. and they, they were just bringing pickles with, or like pickles on top, and they just had a shitload of meth underneath? <laughs> no, it was, uh, it was via water in a ship, uh, the ocean or the sea, I guess. And yeah, I was just in some cargo and they inspected uh, some shit inside and there was containing fresh cucumber pickles. They then discovered 114 packages of alleged methamphetamine weighing 217 pounds that were inside of uh, 
a trailer here or some shit. I don't really I know. Mean, Land or sea, I don't know how, how this happened. The moral of the story is we got drug dealers stashing their stuff inside pickles now. They tried cornflakes. Uh, what else did they try for the breakfast suit? Burritos? Burritos. What's next? What is next? I think pickles is a good call because it's so uh, has such a smell to them that maybe it would throw them off a little bit. But even then, it's just pick something better or just do buy a submarine. Do something. Yeah, uh, these pickles, you know, I would like to try one of those. See what happens. See if I wake up in the middle of a field, you know, 27 hours later, shaking it off. I don't know. I'm just saying the trend is high drugs in food. I want a prediction. What's next? Uh, I'm going to say... I'm going to say some sort of meat. That's what I was thinking. I was going, I was thinking meat. A dry rub meat of some sort. Aged. Like a rack of ribs. Yeah. You can go with that. Um, my cut oh. of meat is going to be my favorite cut of meat, chicken wings. If I'm a, if I'm a border agent, okay, and I'm stopping someone and there's just a shitload of chicken wings hanging out, I'm not going to dig. I'm going to say, hey, have a good day. I'm take As a bag you were. Of these for myself. Yeah, I'm gonna take a few off the top. If that's all right, let's just look the other way. You know, go on with your day. Oh, thank you. Go on with your day. I just want a few chicken wings. Um, I'm not gonna look into the chicken wing fiasco and find drugs inside. They can get their drugs past me because also, they disguised them in chicken wings. Also, like live chickens in a crate, and then have a false floor underneath. Okay, have them like protecting the drugs. Yeah. Almost. So they're sitting on their eggs. Chickens are going to be mad if you take them away from their eggs, so people aren't going to touch them. Yeah, have some egg-laying chickens in there, but also have some veteran cockfighters in there, too. Just a little extra line of defense, I would say. He picked six cocks. It's never been right before. Uh, Cockfighting would be awesome. Have you ever cockfight? Well, don't answer that. (laughs) I don't understand the law at all, so... (laughs) Just in general? No, like... Okay, here here is an article... I don't understand. So, police say, we'll call her Hannah. Okay. It's her actual name. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Pulled a gun and threatened to shoot Menard's employees after she was caught stealing items from their store. She's pleading not guilty. To the theft or the pulling a gun out? I don't know. She said she pleads not guilty of accused of robbery. What? So you're caught on camera, you threaten to kill someone, you pull the gun. What are you not guilty of? Um, it's, pro- it's, the, it's the exact thing that happened on Role Models when the guy's like alleged stealing the TVs. And he's like, I can't believe myself. Artie yeah. stealing Just TVs. Says his name in the video. <laughs> yeah, alleged. Like, you're on camera. You did everything wrong. I don't understand. Okay, I can help you with this one. I understand her point of view. Menard's slogan is save big money at Menard's. And in her eyes, her perception and interpretation of that is I can grab whatever the fuck I want. And if I don't get it, I whip out my gun. Just do what everyone else does. Buy a shitload of stuff and get your 11% rebate and get out the fucking door. Uh, That was my next suggestion was just (laughs) cash it on the rebate. Uh, you know, watch out for Menards. You gotta, you know, you're wielding pistols. Apparently, 
while you're trying to steal some hardware from Menards. That's why I don't shop there, mainly because I don't need stuff from Menards, but I also don't shop there because of the pistol-wielding... Was she on drugs? Was she on the funky pickles? Uh, let me let me look at this mug shot. I mean, maybe she was. Uh, I can't really tell. It's a terrible picture. Yeah, it's it's a. The police department needs to get some HD cameras in there to enhance these mug shots a little bit. And and also another thing to bone to pick with Menards when you check out, they have <laughs> the person. They don't have them behind a counter. They have them like standing next to you. And it's just a, it's a weird situation for me, so I don't I don't go there very much. I don't mind that as much. However, you know how can you do the the glass walls in between people like every other store has when they're just standing there? Just hazmat suits for all. Uh, I don't understand. Whatever, Menards. I'm not gonna let it get the heart rate pumping. But I am. I'm starting to get more excited of just about sports in general. I mean, it's. May, early May, first couple days in May 2021. If we were to go back a year, and we will reminisce next week a lot in our first year of podcasting, but if we go back a year, there wasn't shit going on for sports, was there? There's nothing going on early May last year. I'm just getting excited. I'm getting all giddy about sports again. What we need to do is get fans back, okay? If we need to get fans back 100% because I can't take it anymore when my favorite Vikes, the Skull Vikes, score a touchdown at U.S. Bank Stadium and the only noise is fireworks going off and the three guys celebrating in the end zone. It's just not exciting for me. I really started to feel it the other day when I was hashing out my excitement, that is. I was feeling it when I was hashing out multiple fantasy baseball trades no idea what I'm doing, but I was working on a few. Got one through. I was also simultaneously watching an NFL draft, like, pre-show. I started to get all excited. So if we get fans back up at 100%, this upcoming NFL season is going to be awesome. It's going to be full of irrational takes, okay? High emotion. A lot of energy, a lot of focus, high emotions. Let's lose our goddamn minds. And speaking of fantasy baseball, I'm in second place of my league, so things are going well. However, this is a classic fantasy baseball scenario, so hopefully some people can relate. You have up to seven acquisitions in your week that you play your person. We do categories. I'm in this bind where I've all week I've picked up pitchers and new players and moving around. The person I'm playing, I don't think they've looked at their team in like three weeks. And right now we're tied. Actually, I was losing by one category earlier. I was doing. I have like five acquisitions. They have zero. I don't even know if they've been active in this league for like two weeks, and I'm still struggling to beat them. I'm the tryhard, having a hard time beating the guy who doesn't even check his lineup. It's a real kick in the nuts is what I'm trying to say. Well, speaking of kick in the nuts, baseball fights, <laughs> there has been. So, for example, I saw the Cubs... Javi Baez was chirping with this guy, and the guy, like, throws his glove down. Baseball fights have become the most non, like, climactic thing of all time. It ends up just being, like, they separate the two guys, but bullpens flood in, benches clear, and they literally just stand there. Yeah, well, are they actual fights you're referring to, or is it just 
benches clearing because like those guys in the dugout and in the bullpen, they're so like you play 162 games a year. They're so fucking excited for anything exciting to happen. They're on a 10 game losing streak. They haven't scored more than two runs in that entire span. These guys are losing it. Finally, a little emotion, a little drama gets going, and they just run out there. I did love back in the day, though, when there was, like, a benches clearing, there was always at least a couple punches thrown. Well, there's, like, three fights going on yeah, at it's, once. it's like, someone grabs someone, somebody hits somebody, and that just doesn't happen nowadays. I mean, there's been occasional ones with Jose Baptista getting his just knob blocked off. That's Chuck Knobloch? <laughs> he, he just got Chuck Knobloched in the face. Nice, good verbiage. Just, Bryce Harper will freak out occasionally. but Don't talk shit about Bryce Harper. He's on my fantasy team. I love Bryce Harper. Okay. But there's there's not your Roger Clemens who, like, if someone bunts on him or Nolan Ryan, if someone tries to bunt, you just beam him and they just get after it. They, you don't have that anymore, and, and I kind of miss it. Yeah, I want to see Nolan Ryan and Jake Paul go at it in a boxing rink and you know, and see what happens. It would be a good one. I mean, You every, don't see it anymore. Everyone is lining up to fight Jake Paul. Dude, Pedro Martinez threw down that yeah, old yeah, that's what Yankees talking. coach or whatever. The Yankees coach was 81 years old, and Pedro Martinez just form-tackled him, basically. Well, the, you always have the classic uh, Bryce Harper's, who I'm thinking of. I think he was maybe one of the last guys to do it recently. Uh, when they charge the mound, yeah, and he, when he tried to throw his helmet, it just slips like and just gets sailed off to the which is probably bleachers. good if he connected throwing his helmet. Well, I think that was the idea. <laughs> yeah, I think he could. But it's a cheap a move. Guy. That's low hanging yeah. fruit is to throw your helmet. It's like bring your bat with. Yeah. When you go- <laughs> I'm like, let's get after it. Well, no, and they're so excited, and like you, they you only have a certain amount of time because it's just human nature to just not let two dudes fight it out in front of at the time you know sixty thousand people when fans were there. But like, so the the person charging the mound and the pitcher, you only have so much time to get a couple of licks in, and the dude is running. At full speed, the pitcher's full of adrenaline. They rarely land punches because... Oh, it's usually they swing, miss, and then get... Ta- I feel bad for it. It's like you win in a hockey game, and you just get absolutely throttled into the boards and celebration. Yeah. This is like you miss that punch, and at least six guys land on you. Well, I, and you have to be grateful if you're the catcher in this situation. Just full of gear... And it also, though, that comes with responsibility. As the catcher, it's your duty to just tack, form tackle the subject in the fight. You just want to, like, shoelace tackle him before <laughs> he gets going. I mean, I would be more comfortable if I had a chest protector <laughs> and, and fucking leg guards. Do you guards. remember the video where the guy, like, strikes out and he kicks the catcher in the face and then charges the mound? Yeah, I mean, I the catcher, out of habit, will probably just take his mask off because... You know, running to break up a baseball fight, you know, charging of the mound. It's much much similar to somebody laying down a bunt and you gotta throw it down to first. You gotta throw the face mask down, you gotta get in form, you gotta throw it down to first. In some instances, some instances you have to form tackle <laughs> the your pitcher because he's gonna get ejected anyway, but you don't want him to get injured. He just whiffed on two haymakers, as did the batter, but the batter, you know, got him with an elbow. 
I, I do love the occasional um, where a guy will basically challenge the entire bench to a fight, and then the bench will start coming. It happened with the Pirates last year. And the guy just squares up against, like, seven guys and just gets tackled. But, yeah, it's something that I want to see more in baseball. I don't want to see anyone get hurt, but I want to see that fire. And I think when fans come back, we'll get more of that. Do you remember, like... Do you remember? Well, you're not gonna remember it because we were not alive. But you know the style of war in the Revolutionary War, where it's just like you have your front lines, you got bombs coming in, you got the guy with the eye patch playing the drums. You know what I mean? Well, the the Patriot, where they just line up. Exactly. They, they I'm thinking of the each pa- other, like half the people fall in there. Like, yeah. All right, now it's your turn. You know, I'm big on the movie The Patriot, and that's exactly what I'm <laughs> thinking about. Okay. Benches clearing is like modern day warfare because they just charge at each oh, yeah, other that's what it is. and they meet in the middle. And back in the day, there was there's three battles, there's three fights going on. We're getting soft now. All we do is just kind of meet in the middle and hump each other. Uh, and then there is like two guys on the outside. Like I see it a lot with Anthony Rizzo. It's just like talking to a guy, just like how's the family, man? Yeah, Anthony oh. Rizzo could play linebacker for the Dolphins, but. When it comes to fighting, he's just such a nice guy. He can't help himself but just crack a joke. Like, yeah, it's like, I want to go to a funeral with Anthony Rizzo and see how he reacts. Him giving the ujugly. Oh, <laughs> the ujugalizer. We recently had the NFL draft over the weekend. Um, honestly, after about the first 30 choices, I had no clue who these people were unless they were quarterbacks, running backs. Uh, wide receivers from big-name colleges. But your Panthers had an early pick. Would you like to discuss it? (laughs) Well, initially I thought it was the worst pick in history. Turns out I got talked off a ledge after I blacked out that night. Yes. But it ended up being halfway decent. And I don't hate the pick. The Panthers had a great draft afterwards. J.C. Horn, cornerback out of South Carolina, so he's close to home or from college, I guess. Joe Horn's son. Okay. And I just thought there was better guys. His ceiling is a lot higher than any other cornerbacks, but it's like Patrick Sertan's going to be good. Yeah. My Vikes had the 14 overall pick, and in classic Rick Spielman fashion, he traded back to... The 23, he got two-thirds in return and then slung them a fourth with the Jets, but I didn't really like what we got back in the trade. Then I thought about it. The Vikings had eight picks in the third and fourth rounds. That's the meat of the draft. A few names like Daniil Hunter. He was a third-round pick out of LSU. Uh, Developed him beautifully. Now he's doing great. They also drafted Stephon Diggs. I don't know if you ever heard of him. He's a pretty good wide receiver fifth round out of Maryland. So I like the Vikings mid-round picks. I mean, sixth, seventh rounders, obviously we can talk about Tom Brady all day, but they usually don't pan out. I mean, you hope they do, but. It's it, it's one of those things you just don't know. And also one of my favorite things to do is catch the guys that don't get drafted and look at some of their names. Well, there's a lot of interesting names, but the name the Vikings did pick before we move on is Christian Darisaw tackle out of Virginia Tech. He kind of fell to them. I was happy with that. But, yes, lots of interesting names. Matt, you're a Notre Dame fan. How many, like, foreigners do they recruit? Is it a requirement for them to just recruit people with the most 
crazy sounding names. Uh, to play linebacker or edge for them, they had multiple Aquaros. What's in, uh, what's that guy's name? Codge or Jock? Yeah, we JOK. JOK. We call them Jock. J- Jeremiah Amara Kurakara. And then their edge is, I don't even know how to say his name. Dalian Hayes. Or there's another one too. But yeah, it's Notre Dame. And the best thing about their linebackers too, it's either a white guy who's a fifth-year senior or just this foreigner that can run and just, but he's like, doesn't know. Like, he like, oh, he only started playing football his like, freshman year in college. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, I guess he'll be okay. Like Ezekiel Ansah just started playing football later in his career and then top 10 pick. But. Yeah, it, but some of the names I loved from the non-undrafted uh, free agents was uh, a guy went to Jacksonville. His name was Josh Amata Bahabahariahaya. <laughs> I'll, go, I'll go through some of my favorites here. One of mine was the cornerback out of Syracuse. Uh, oh, no if, chance if, I can say his if name. Ifyatu Melahenulu. <laughs> This guy's name was Amen Ogbong <laughs> Amen Ogbamahinga. Oh, he's Christian and smokes weed. Great. There's just it's some f- fantastic names. You're just like, honestly, I hope this guy makes it just so the announcers Jaquan Hardy could be a great porn name. I don't know. There's just something about the draft. I was still even tuning in into like the fourth round just to see who people were getting. No idea who these people were. The Vikes also drafted uh, Kellen Mond, a quarterback out of Texas A&M, and I guess we'll see how big of a bust that is in due time. But he was one. It of can't those... be worse than Christian Ponder. Oh yeah, God knows. Well, I want to really pivot here, and I want to go into <laughs> something that has almost literally, if this could be opposite of the NFL draft, it is, and it is the Duggars. <laughs> 19 kids and counting. We talked on this like three weeks ago, two weeks ago. Basically, yeah, that was, we hate them. It was my impromptu uh, power rankings of celebrities with the most kids. I immediately took the Duggars off the board because I just don't like them. So the oldest Duggar, this family is so corrupt. <laughs> like, So in like 2006, this happened, or 2006 was when the Statue of Limitations statue of limitations was up on his the oldest son like fondling one of the younger daughters and so they waited until that was up to announce that it happened they wait it did happen yeah but they waited years until they tore the statue down yeah, and then there was no statue left in the front yard, so yeah. like, okay, we can talk about it. Okay, I'm, I'm understanding it a lot better now. But the That's oldest guy, he's caught up in a bunch of real estate fraud, oh. and just got charged with two counts of child pornography, so turns out when you raise your family and have 19 of them, you're going to get some fuck-ups. Yeah, I mean, sharing the bathroom with multiple siblings, it's going to lead to poor mental health. And they named all their kids starting with J. Oh my god, are you serious? You want me to run through the names? What if they did every time somebody got into college, they all wore the same like t-shirt or sweatshirt from that college? Similar to the Mighty Ducks Harvard horn situation. 
Every oh. time a Duggar got into college, they had to buy the college t-shirt for every single person in the family. <laughs> I you type in Duggar's names and it says like four of them. And then it says list more rows and there's 15 more rows. Yep. Oh my God. Josh, Jane, John, David, Jill, Jessa, Ginger, Joseph, Josiah, Joy, Jedediah, Jeremiah, Jason, James, Justin, Jackson, Johanna, Jennifer, Jordan with a Y, Josie. You know what, Matt? This podcast was fun. I think it's time we just kind of wrap it up. (laughs) Yeah, good. God, there's... If I ever have more than, like, one kid. Yikes. All right. My favorite name would probably be John David. Mainly because it's two names. <laughs> oh, he was the one convicted child. Bro. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. It was Joshua. Do you know? No. It was the oldest one. What, what name do you think uh, you would be off that list? I fucking hate you. Ginger? Yes. She's actually kind of hot. Oh, I also wanted to talk about in Bismarck, we got bird scooters. Championship. And they put a huge range on them. There was supposed to be like a downtown thing, and they're very fun, but I found out they're very expensive. <laughs> I went like two blocks, and I was like, yeah, that was fun. It was like $4, and I'm like, okay, well, that was not worth it. You could have just walked yeah. for free. And there was one sitting outside my house. You rode a scooter two blocks? Let's back up here. Well, I had to because I was gonna be like, oh, and you want to go get lunch? And then I like went down, and then I couldn't find one, then I couldn't get it to work. Then I finally got one, and then I finally got another one. I need to say I spent like $16 to go maybe six blocks. Okay. Financially not responsible. Yeah, I actually fell for one of those like Instagram ads where they're like, birds are coming to town, manage a fleet. I just want to learn more information, but they don't tell you any more information unless you sign up for it. (laughs) So naturally I signed up for it. Didn't get any information or any email or anything. That so sounds about right. No harm, no foul, I guess. I but. do love, well, the fact that they have, we have a railroad that goes directly through town. It's going to be like 10 minutes before someone just takes one of them, picks it up, and sets it on the railroad track and watch that thing get just destroyed by a train. Yeah, I mean, you do it with pennies and uh, motorized public scooters. Some humans have done it. <laughs> <laughs> quack, quack, quack. Quack, 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 quack. And we're back with the Mighty Ducks Game Changers Episode 6 recap of the Disney Disney Plus series. We've been doing this every week for a few weeks now. Basically, I'm not going to say it, but I'm going to say it. Morrow got cut from the Ducks, and this whole time he's been rebuilding a team. And we've gotten so far into it that in this episode, Evan Morrow starts getting recruited back to the Ducks. Full circle. Yeah, this was a great episode nostalgia-wise, but if you haven't if you didn't grow up with the Mighty Ducks, this episode probably sucked for you. Yeah, it's all about the reunion of the Mighty Ducks. We'll get there, but it does start out Morrow is getting recruited by the Ducks at their nice stadium. They're pulling out all the stops, they're offering him green tea and nice protein shakes and what have you. And he doesn't know what to do and he's going to think on it. The coach, he's really smooth, the Letterkenny guy, says, hey, just come out for a practice. No pressure or anything. Just come practice with us. It'll be fun. 
a, a great moment from that scene is when he's like, I have a guy, Peter hurt his knee, and he's like, well, is it bad? He's like, I don't know. He has one of those things that's Velcroed on and has hinges on the side, so yeah, it's pretty bad. One of those things that every offensive lineman in the universe gets at gear handout. <laughs> yeah, don't forget the WD-40. We then get into the first part of the reunion with the intro to Fulton Reed. Oh, we saw this in the recap of last, or in the sneak peek at the end of episode five. We find out there's a Mighty Ducks gala celebrating 25 years of the Ducks. You know, Bombay's ready to go. Everybody's getting ready for the gala. We found out, find out this is a thing. The Mighty Ducks are like a pro organization. The fact that they have their own hockey rink, I don't know if I can speak for Minnesota, but I'm pretty sure this doesn't happen. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of hockey out there, but you're not building 10,000 people state, you know, seat yeah, it, stadiums it for... Like a, a AHL hockey club. It's better than some. It's better than the Bismarck Bobcats VFW. No shame to the VFW because, you know, it's got its own strengths and weaknesses, but... As someone that used to work there, that place was a shithole. Okay. It's, you know, it's about the nostalgia for me, Matt. Um, Evan's mom is surprised to find out Evan is back, in air quotes, with the Ducks as she gets her invite to the gala because she wasn't invited before. She finds out she is invited in the form of prepping all of the gift bags, basically. And we also find out Bombay is not invited to the gala. There's a lot to unpack. This this gala or gala gala, I, I ball. If I ever go to a gala, go ahead and just take me out back. Yep, I know what to do. The gala is a huge thing. It's like, are you on the list or are you not? Because if you're not, you're a peasant. Is how I'm understanding this hierarchy of popularity. It's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. I mean, hope they should have. You know, it's like a fundraiser for these kids. But you're already paying a million dollars for them to go, you know, play for the Ducks and learn the French horn. We call it the horn on this podcast to get into Harvard five years down the road. I digress. We have the reunion with more of the original Mighty Ducks players at Twin City Slice, the pizza joint. And, yeah, we get introduced to all the guys. Who was there? Uh, we had Aberman, Ken Wu, uh, Excellent skater. Connie Moreau, who turns out to just be hot. Yeah, she still got it. Uh, she's married to, I think, is it Guy? You tell me. I, I He's one of the names I didn't know. Connie Moreau. Fulton Reed, obviously. Guy Germain. That's who I'm talking about. Uh, Fulton Reed, obviously. And the last one is Adam Banks, who... Yeah. I've never wow. seen I've never <laughs> seen the series Dexter... But if they when casting, <laughs> he looks like the guy they should catch. They should have casted. I, I mean, he just looks like a cardboard cutout of a human who just has like as much emotion. Hey, can I get a ride home? He like thinks about it. Got a couple bodies in his back seat. He's like, no. Yeah, Adam Banks. He claims to be a lawyer, but we all know deep down he is a serial killer. Just why the vibes are getting from them. They're all grown up. Connie is the Minnesota senator. She's a sitting senator. Yeah, and Guy is a stay-at-home dad. She's a Minnesota state senator, and Guy's a stay-at-home dad. I'm pretty sure state senators in Minnesota aren't, like, full-time. So how they're keeping up with the kids? Well, they have to double down as firefighters as of late. So 
It's kind of a, you know, what comes with the gig when your city is burning to the ground. Yeah, they're all grown up. Uh, homeboy rides a limo to work every day, he claims. And he, Bombay is just getting shit on by all these players who are successful. Well, they're, they're, going, they're going through, like, the pictures, and Aberman's like, look at the Aberman, like, doing his voice. Like, oh, you still do that? He's like, no. Thought I'd bring it back, though. I'm glad he did. That, that definitely made that scene. Uh, yeah, they get after it. A couple of them are having a couple beers, so it's good to see. And next thing you know, it is gala time. Am I missing anything so far? Gala time. Bombay is upset that he's not, you know, there. He's not invited because he, you know, had he not gotten that DUI 25 years ago, he would not have coached the Mighty Ducks to all their glory, which is now still a powerhouse program in the Minnesota hockey world. But, yeah, he revolts, and they bring the limo on the ice from the gala to pick him up and crash the party. Yeah, well, it was just Gordon Bombay shooting slap shots by himself. Yeah, taking out his anger on, like, Adam Banks, who and, murders people. And <laughs> one thing we did miss is that the ducks at the pizza restaurant got mad at Gordon Bombay because he didn't want to say he wasn't invited. So he was just like, oh, I'm not going to that stupid thing. And they're like, well, why not? And then they find out that Gordon okay. wasn't invited. And they're like, oh, shit. And then they, they went back to pick him up. Yeah, I was crushing a, you know, a ham and turkey tortilla wrap while we were watching Mighty Ducks. So I did not catch that part. Thank you for chiming in, Matthew. That's why that's why you have a co-host. What a co-host for. Am I right? <laughs> Mighty Ducks recaps and not much. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they make a big scene as they like honor Bombay after crashing uh the gala. And that's kind of that it for there. They just it's a big dramatic scene. And there's no game this episode. Instead, the old Mighty Ducks players, they came to a practice, and, yeah, they just kind of bonded and showed off all their strengths. And the Cape Girl knows how to hit people now, and Fulton Reed's just tackling people out there like it's Also, I don't know football. if you knew this, like Ken Wu, he was tiny in the early ones. He's a freaking unit now. Yeah, I'm pretty convinced they didn't use an actual figure skater to film that. He was doing that himself. <laughs> I'm just pretty like, sure of it. Picked up a couple things on the set of D2, the Mighty Ducks. He just nails a triple axle. <laughs> I don't even know what that is, but it sounds cool. I, 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 I think he did one. But also, I don't think he was on the original Mighty Ducks. He was a D2 guy, so they're like, District 5, he wasn't part of District 5. You know what, Matt? It was just Goldberg couldn't come back because he's coming down from a pretty intense meth high right now. So Goldberg couldn't come back. They were hurting to get people back. They said, hey, woo, you want to come? You're in. You're technically part of the Mighty Ducks, I guess, and we're gonna count it. You can't be, you can't discriminate, Matt. How much money do you think did they throw at Charlie Conway to get that actor to come back to play? Well, we all know he's still filming Dawson's Creek, so he was in Dawson's Creek. I, don't, I think so. <laughs> oh, I fucking know. Him and the quarterback from Varsity Blues. Everybody knows that. I don't want y'all laugh. All we know for next week, episode seven, is they go play pond hockey out in the woods. That's all we really know. So stay tuned. Next week, we'll be back. Quack, 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 quack. If I hear Yama, I'm going to be there one more time. i Yama burn this place to the ground. Let's focus up. Let's do the Olympics this week. We have the Olympics of Inventions. 
a wide open field, lots of options. I'm excited to see where this goes. As the Olympics work, as we pick a topic such as inventions, then we rank our favorites. You can have a disqualified, which would be non-favorable. That's optional. Then we work in ascending order, lost in the medal round, bronze, silver, gold. As always, the Olympics is open for interpretation, and it's all about personal preference. So don't judge us, but also judge us. Matt, let's get it started. You have a disqualified for the Olympics of inventions this week. I actually have two. One I just thought of a second ago, but my first one was the virtual reality things that your phone go in, that you strap onto your face. The glasses thingies? Yeah, those make me... Like, it's a roller coaster and makes me want to throw up, and I love roller coasters, so I think those suck. Also, the the one I thought of was the pancake tubes that they made in, like, 2005 that they would fly. You could go, like, 25 feet up in the air. Like the inner tubes that you pull behind a boat? Yeah, and then it turns out that to do that, it just makes people fall 25 feet into the water, and people were dying. So that was a huge controversy. I yeah, remember that it, they came out for like two weeks, and I remember one of our friends got one, I think, or like when. And then he one. died. What? I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, those. I always think it was a terrible idea. I love the pancake tubes; you can float a little bit, but I don't like that. Uh, this goes without saying. Gender reveals disqualified. We always make fun of them on the show. It should go without saying, but I gotta say it. Yeah. I love it. It's it's this is the most wide open topic we have ever had, and it was the hardest topic we've ever had. I don't know if you agree or not, but it was very difficult. I'm skeptical skeptical about how my podium is going to turn out here. Okay, I'm just going to jump right into it. My lost in the medal round is plumbing. Okay, I I think I predicted this earlier. Yeah, and I was like, damn it, because you said it as a joke, and I was like, mm. he's on to me. But plumbing, if we didn't have plumbing. I'm going off things that if we didn't have, this world would suck. And plumbing and sewer systems, I don't want to be like 1700s England where they would just have it go into the street and people were getting sick. I don't or or imagine sh- going to an outhouse in the middle of the night and it's like negative 10 out. And then you just every, what would be like every six months, you just got to go outside, dig a different hole. I don't want to have to go to a latrine. I'm glad I have toilets. I'm glad yeah. I have... I don't have to deal with the water. You don't and have to pinch it, and yeah, you don't have to pinch loaves in your yard. You can play croquet in your yard, and that's the beauty of indoor plumbing. And that's exactly why it's my loss in the metal round. It could arguably be higher, but I had hey, some other ones. You said life would suck without it, and I agree. Life would also suck for my without my loss in the metal round. Umbrella hat, uh, the umbrellas that double as a hat. Uh, you can see one in like the movie Bruce Almighty. Jim Carrey's wearing one, but yeah, it's just a strap that goes around your head, and it's a large umbrella that goes as a hat. And I mean, when's the last time it's practical? But when's the last time you saw someone and didn't smile and or laugh? I I, I like the pick. Have you ever owned one? Uh, I've tried one on one time. I guess I've never actually owned one, but I had to own a few of these inventions oh, oh, on my list yeah do you own plumbing i mean kind of well, you te- have a toilet technically i do but apparently it's not like electricity you you have to pay they don't it pay for utilities out, doesn't come out in taxes like i originally thought yeah it's a huge mix-up but umbrella hat it's practical it's it's nice and colorful a little lower on my list because there's lots of good things out there but i had to put it on there umbrella hat 
my bronze medal, and this was an in, uh, this one I changed right before, and I went with fences. <laughs> the world would suck if we didn't have fences. Just like the fence in your backyard that's been laying on its <laughs> side for like a month when is plus. It, yeah, when is it going to get fixed? Never, because it said it's going to be eleven thousand dollars, and my neighbors just like. Yeah, we don't have $11,000, so it's just going to sit there, I guess. I don't have $11,000 for a fence, that's for sure. Yeah, I was like, I'm just going to go grab some tarps and we can put it over there for a while. But, yeah, fences, they use them in everything. Farming, the world would be an absolute disaster without fences. The residential, commercial, and agricultural uses for them are needed everywhere. What about uh, borders, Matt? Are you against borders? Are you for borders? It's I not th- very inclusive of you. I mean, there's borders. We have them. They have fences. Yeah, they have fences. Some you can jump. Some you build and you just throw kids over the top of them like we've seen recently. But, yeah, I think fences are very well needed. Not necessarily borders, giant fences, but I do love fences that separate stuff. And I don't want farm animals just running all over the place. Ranch That's Because they used to have shepherds, like, back in Jesus' days, that had to just sit out there all the time. Yeah, you have to shepherd your sheep. That's why they have fences now, so you don't have to do that. Uh, Matt, you're going very practical with your podium so far. I'm very surprised. I thought for sure we'd have uh, some very joking picks so far, but I like it. My bronze medal is American football. It still amazes me how entertaining football is a year after year when your only two options on offense are run or pass. Those are your only two options on offense, unless you want to punt on third down. Some people do. But it just amazes me how football just still continues to be entertaining. It's a huge market. There's a bunch of money into it. Uh, It's exciting to watch. Great entertainment. Also a great sport that I think teaches discipline and grit. So I wouldn't be anywhere without football. We wouldn't have a lot to talk about. It's my favorite sport. So whoever invented football, kudos. Yeah, football's a great pick. I think it's it's come a long way since its inception over the last 130 years. That I don't know where we're going to go from here, but it can only go up because it's getting more popular. And honestly, it gives me something to look forward to on Sunday and Monday. Or this next Saturday when we go watch the Bismarck Bucks in the indoor football league. <laughs> go Bucks. <laughs> go, go herd. Uh, go deer antler spray. Oh, yeah. Love it. Love the pick. My silver medal is streaming services. Okay. Streaming services are so instrumental in our way of life now. We watch the Mighty Ducks on it. Everything else. Yeah, I mean, I got rid of cable, and I think I pay more now because I have every streaming service. But it's awesome. I love that I have something at the click of a button. I can watch a movie. I can do anything. I don't have to run to the store. Definitely makes people lazy, but yeah. It's entertaining and inspirational. Uh, Great pick. That would pair nice with my silver medal, which is personal days. Uh, everyone needs a personal day every once in a while. Matt, you just had one on Friday. How was your personal day? Was it awesome? It was great. I didn't have to wake up for work. I forgot to take my alarm off, so of course yeah, my alarm woke me up. But yeah, I love personal days. It's nice to just not have to do anything. Yeah, it says, I'm having some me time, but in reality, you're just being a lazy pile of shit, 
and nobody can say anything because you declared it a personal day, similar to bankruptcy. Yeah, love the pick. Great pick. Thank you. My gold medal is airplanes. That is also my gold medal. Nice. Airplane. This world. <laughs> I would not want to travel at all. It's over like eight hours. I'm like, I am not driving. How do we end up with the same goddamn pick? Uh, that's just 20 plus years of friendship, people. I agree. Planes. Do you know how they work? Exactly. I have no yeah. idea how planes work, and they're fucking awesome. But it's if you have to go overseas. Yeah. I mean, now we yeah. have boats, so it'd be it'd be kind of fun because you get to like hop on a cruise ship and go over. But yeah, if you I like mean that taking... worked out really well for the Titanic, and <laughs> I honestly like I, it would suck. I don't know if I could handle a hangover on the sea. I oh, can, I can handle it on a plane because it's fast. I mean, you'd have the whole <laughs> ocean to just vomit into. Yeah. Oh, I love I, like I love me a good road trip, but yeah, it turns out you can't drive across the ocean. And that's where the planes come into play. Uh, you can basically do anything on land, like for the most part, within the confines of the plane that you that you could up in the air. Like have a steak dinner, watch the World Series, get wasted, bang somebody in the bathroom, join the Mile High Club. I don't know. It's up to you. Okay, I am not judging. I'm just saying planes make life a lot easier. I'm not saying I would do it, but I think they should bring back smoking on airplanes. I would agree. I could agree. I get with that. I love how they had non-smoking sections, but it's just the smoke would just carry into the whole plane. Or just have a, like a suction funnel so you can just smoke in your seat, but you just kind of have to hold your smoke near the It goes vacuum. into the, the thing that drops down for when you like, lose your oxygen. oxygen. <laughs> yeah, you, you just like, put the mask on, just blow the smoke up into it. Yeah, uh... Planes could also be terrible. Uh, 9-11 is an example of that, but... Roy Holiday going out for a joyride. Yeah, I mean, people, you can die, use them as a weapon. We're not talking about the weapon planes, okay? We're talking about the Matt and Jordan getting drunk on planes on their way to Chicago, and then upon arriving after going to the wrong hotel, get to their hotel, actual hotel, and watch Jersey Shore for three hours. That's the kind of play I'm talking plane I'm talking about. And it ties in with your disqualified too. There was a gender reveal where they did it with a plane and it shot out uh pink smoke. They're like, Yeah, we're having a girl and the plane just dead. Absolutely. Let's go through some honorable mentions because there's like we talked about this beforehand. Literally anything that has ever been made ever in all time could count as an invention. Your invention could be lithographs of O.J. Simpson, uh, jackets, soccer balls. I'm just looking around the room. However, one of my honorable mentions is MySpace. It was basically the start of social media. I mean, it's no longer a thing, and it's absolutely terrible now, but it was the start. It was it was kind of in the invention of social media, I would say, and you were talking about influencers just... You can just become an influencer and just stop doing what you're doing. That wouldn't have been possible without Tom from MySpace. So yeah. riddle me that. And also like screens too. It's everything is centric around screens. This podcast, most people's jobs. It's like you even if you work like manual labor, you still have your phone. You still have everyone uses screens. <coughs> and there's so many. One that I thought of was air conditioning. Okay. Because yeah, I, you went super practical and I'm very proud 
And yeah, like air conditioning, if you ever go to a place like that's hot or in the summer, air conditioning in cars in your house, it would suck without it. Yeah, absolutely miserable. One of my honorable mentions, nachos. Oh. Oh yeah. The all ingredients of nachos. I mean, they can be as simple as poor man's nachos or they can be waffle fry nachos with like four different types of meat and all the fixings. So nachos are great. You could pair that with my other honorable mention, kegs, or just like that whole process of kegs and having tap beer. So, I mean, how like we drink cans in the studio all the time, but I love going to the bar, getting a nice tap beer. That wouldn't be possible without a little Just think few of inventions. The amount of storage space that bars would have to have if they would have to only have cans. Yeah, it'd be a disaster. It would be. You could uh, build a whole homeless city with all the boxes they would have from all the cases of beer they would have. I mean, that's probably what happened to California before the invention of the keg. Just streamlined from there. Yeah, or the invention of shanty towns. Ooh, Hoovervilles. Great yeah. Depression, like that, really brought things in. Like. Love me a good shanty town. We could go way back. The wheel. Yeah. I don't want to blow your mind here, but the wheel was pretty important. Like the Bud Light commercial when they're like, the wheel sucks, and they're carrying their Bud Light on a wheel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's absolutely like anything. This was so open, and the fact that we came together and had the same gold is, honestly, I did not expect it. Well, I was I was scared that my list was going to suck, but it makes me feel better that we had the same gold. It's going to be interesting. People got to vote on Instagram and Twitter at MBNH Podcast or just search No Brains, No Headache Podcast. We'll have polls on there. You can check out our rundown of our Olympics. And you're going to have to choose between Matt and I's silver, bronze, and the lost in metal round since we have the same gold. Uh, it's going to be interesting. I can't wait to see... I'm on a little bit of a heater three weeks in a row. Maybe Matt can break the streak this week. You think you can do it? No, death taxes and me losing an Olympics. That's going to do it for episode 51 of No Brains, No Headache podcast. So thank you so much for listening. Also, thank you to Woody for the beers in the interview. Another thank you to Stadium and The Lodge for all the great work that they do in supporting us in our podcast. Uh, if you haven't been in there a while, stop in, say hi. If you haven't been there ever, you're definitely going to want to check it out. Try some of their food. They have 30 beers on tap. And if you're not in the Bismarck-Mandan area, like we always urge you to, support your local businesses. Uh, they need it more than ever, and we love Stadium and the Lodge, so uh, we appreciate you helping out your favorite places as well. Looking forward to next week, we have the Olympics of Will Ferrell movies, and Matt and I have also started making the Olympic schedule ahead of time. So the May 18th episode will be the Olympics of fast food joints. And the May 25th episode will be the Olympics of MLB cheaters. So we try to give you a nice variety. Hope you're enjoying it. If you are enjoying it, leave us a review and a rating. We always appreciate that feedback, and it really helps us as a podcast, especially coming up on one year in. Uh, we like to judge where we're at and what people like and don't like. So you're the listener. It's your world. I'm just living in it. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy your day. What? <laughs> what an idiot. Oh, what a loser. Listen, I'm very badly burned, so if you could just... You shot me.
Okay, moving on. You shot 